Well, good morning. Glad you're with us today, whether you're here in person or whether you're joining us uh, at home online. Uh, This is the day the Lord has made. Let's be glad and rejoice in it. What's your mission? What's your purpose in life? What's on your I have to do it tomorrow list? You must have to do it tomorrow list. That's the question we we began with last week. What's your mission? What's your purpose? what, What drives you? In life, what motivates you? And we, we began that with that, our sermon series called Blessed last week with that question. And we saw in Scripture that Jesus must have to, uh, mission was to reach and to restore and to reproduce. It was to reach people who were far from God. It was to restore them to relationship with God, uh, to God's purpose for them. And it was to re- reproduce that mission in the lives of the disciples that he called to him, who followed him. And, and we, we saw that that's to be our mission as well. That mission is passed along to us to reach and to restore and reproduce that in the lives of the people around us. We, we also saw that that's not, nothing new. That's nothing, nothing new that Jesus came up with. In fact, this is the, the call that God gave to Abraham, the commission that God gave to Abraham way back in Genesis chapter 12. At the very beginning of the formation of the nation of Israel, God said this. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you and I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing and I will bless those who bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. In other words, we are blessed to be a blessing. What does that look like? What does it look like to to bless people? Is it simply saying bless you after somebody sneezes? Is it signing your you know a note or a card or an email? God bless you. Is it maybe saying God bless you when you say goodbye to somebody and you're not going to see them for a while? That's that's fine. It's nice. It's good to do those things. But it's clearly more than that. So that's what we're going to be examining these next few weeks. And each week we'll focus on one specific practice that we can do to bless people. And this morning. We're going to begin with the B of bless, begin with prayer. Now, if you've grown up around church, you're probably thinking, well, duh, of course. I mean, you're supposed to pray before you do things. Uh, That's Christianity 101. Yeah. But I think the tendency for a lot of us is to forego the step, you know, to pray after the fact or to take the first step and then begin to pray or to throw up a short kind of perfunctory prayer but not really truly seeking the heart of God, not really truly seeking his will and submitting ourselves to that. And when you read through the scriptures, both the Old Testament and the New, prayer is not just an add-on. It's, it's, it's the lifeline. It's the lifeblood of a relationship with the Lord. It's oxygen that keeps our, our hearts pumping for Jesus. It's, um, it's fuel that keeps us strong and growing and vital in Jesus. And without it, we're anemic, we're ineffective. We lack intimacy with God the Father. I mean, Jesus, even Jesus began with prayer. He was the son of God. He lived a perfect life when he walked this earth. But he began with prayer. And as we're going to see in a few minutes, he also continues to pray today. Let's begin, though, by tracing a few instances where Jesus prayed. The first one is from Luke chapter 4. This is just after Jesus was baptized in the Jordan River by his cousin John the Baptist. And you remember in that scene, the Holy Spirit hovers over Jesus at that moment, and God the Father audibly says and declares, You're my son, whom I loved, with you I'm well pleased. 
And it says immediately after this, then Jesus, Luke 4, 1, then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. So before Jesus begins his public ministry, Jesus is led into the, by the Spirit into the wilderness where Jesus communes with God the Father. He, he prays, he talks, he listens, he communes, he sits in silence before God the Father. And then he's led into this big face-off with, with Satan in the desert before he begins his ministry. And then again in Luke chapter 6, we read this. One of those days Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. He spends a whole night Talking to God the Father, asking for strength, no doubt, asking for wisdom, no doubt, asking for power, no doubt, asking for a palpable awareness of his Father's presence with him and that the Father would prepare the way for what he had to do next. Now, if Jesus did that, how much more do we need to do that? I mean, I don't think Jesus was just kind of setting an example. Okay, people who fall behind me, they need to pray, so I'm going to pray, so I'm going to model this for them. No, I think Jesus needed to pray. He had to pray. It was his lifeline to his Father. It's what kept him going. It gave him strength and power. Jesus began with prayer, and so should we. I mean, I'm sure many of you here are praying on a regular basis for you know, family or friends, hopefully for the church, that would be great, uh, hopefully for our nation and our world. You know, God bless so-and-so, God heals so-and-so, God comforts so-and-so, God work in our nation and the world for your purposes, and so on and so That's fantastic. Keep that up. But could I suggest that you add this as well? God, how do you want me to use my time today? God, how do you want to use me to bless the people around me that you bring into my path today? God, give me opportunity to share your love and your truth with specific people who come across my path today. Now, I'm confident if you pray that prayer on a regular basis, God will answer it. And he will give you specific people and specific opportunities to bless people, to connect, to love, to encourage, to challenge, to comfort, to to bless them. Would you make that a part of your daily prayers? God, give me opportunities to bless people. Arrangements that you've made in advance for me to walk into. That's where we're going to begin this whole blessing campaign that God gave to Abraham. And we're going to begin with prayer. Now, you might have some questions here. What if I get it wrong? What if I, uh, what if I get the wrong message? How will I know what to do or say? Good question. I've got an encouraging answer. Remember, Jesus is praying for us. He's still praying. He's still praying for us. His prayers didn't end after he resurrected and went up into heaven. He's still talking to the Father. And the primary object of his prayers, subject of his prayers, is is us. It's it's you. I mean, listen to Romans 8.34. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Hebrews 7.25 tells us, He lives forever to intercede with God on their behalf, their being God's people. Now, I've got to tell you, the idea that Jesus is praying for me, specifically me, has encouraged me so many times. Because I know my faults and my failures. I know I can be weak and get discouraged easily. I can get frustrated with myself. I don't get it right often. But Jesus is not weak. And Jesus is not discouraged about me. 
And Jesus is not discouraged about you. He continually and forever is praying for you and for me. I love this quote from Robert Murray McShane, a 19th century Scottish preacher. If I could hear Christ praying for me in the next room, I would not fear a million enemies. Yet the distance makes no difference. He is praying for me. And Jesus' prayers will not fail. So we are to begin with prayer. We are to begin with prayer in our mission to bless other people. Let's take a look now at our, our second passage from Luke chapter 11. This is where Jesus gives some, some details about, about how to pray. Pick it up in verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Talking about John the Baptist who came before Jesus and he had some disciples that he was teaching, pray and so on. Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. Of course, you might recognize this as the Lord's Prayer. There's a little bit longer version that we often pray uh, in uh, Matthew 6. And in this, Jesus gives us the, 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 the basic tenements of, of how to pray. And I can't improve upon it. It's basically, you begin with, you know, worship God, acknowledge God, praise Him, give Him the glory. Be thankful for what He's done. Uh, pray for his, his will to be done, His kingdom to come. Uh, pray that He'll provide what, what, what you need. Uh, ask him to forgive your sins and then ask him to help you to forgive others. That's not easy to do sometimes. And then pray that, that, that we'll, we'll resist temptation. That's a good place to start. But then since Jesus knows that as human beings we can get discouraged and we can give up in prayer very easily, he tells a parable. Listen to it. It begins in verse 5. And Jesus said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are in bed with me. I can't get up and give you anything. Jesus said, I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend. Yet because of the man's boldness. He will get up and give him as much as he needs. Jesus then said, So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What's Jesus teaching us here? He's teaching us to be persistent and confident in prayer, to not give up, to keep praying, to keep persisting, to keep asking and seeking and knocking. Why? Is it because we have to wear God down because he's reluctant to give us an answer? No. God blesses us all the time with amazing gifts. And God loves us so much he sent his son to die for us. It's not that. Is it because we have to make our point clear to God? He doesn't really understand what we need, so we, we have to keep pounding it in. No, God's not obtuse. God understands what we need better than we know ourselves. Why then? Why do we need to keep at it and praying persistently until we receive God's answer? Is God playing a game with us? Just toying with us, yanking us around? No. It's through prayer that we grow our relationship with God the Father. It's through prayer that we get insight into the heart of God. 
It's through prayer that we are shaped and our attitudes and desires and responses are molded. It's through prayer that we, we draw near to God. I mean, think of it this way. If you want a close relationship with somebody, what is crucial? You share your heart. And you don't, you, just, you don't do it just once. You do it frequently, right? You share your heart, your dreams, your struggles, your wants, your needs. And you do it frequently and intensely. And intimacy develops, right? That's part of how prayer works. We persist in prayer and a relationship with God grows in intimacy. And we're changed. And the Father draws us near. And he will answer our prayers according to his will and purposes. So we begin with prayer. And Jesus says, ask, seek, knock, which is a, which is a, a nice acronym, fitting acronym for prayer, isn't it? A, ask, S, seek, K, knock. It's asking, seeking, knocking. Begin with prayer. Next, let's look at the last few verses of, of Jesus' parable as he kind of ties things up in verse 11. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So, so here's the key that unlocks the door. Here's the fuse that unleashes explosive power in our lives. Jesus asked, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? If you're daunted by the idea of being a part of Jesus' mission to reach and restore and reproduce, I can't do it, I'm scared of doing it, what will, I, will they think, what will I say or do, I might get rejected. Remember this, the Holy Spirit is at work. If you're anxious about how to bless others, about what to say or do, focus on this. The Holy Spirit is at work. When you put your trust in Christ, God gives you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the power of God, the power of the resurrected Jesus Christ. And that power is at work in you and will work in you as you follow Jesus and take up his mission. The Holy Spirit will give you wisdom and discernment about what to say, when to say it, how to say it. The Holy Spirit will open doors and provide opportunities. And the Holy Spirit is not only at work in you, the Holy Spirit is at work going before you, working in the lives of the people that you are praying for, and working in the lives of people that you haven't even met yet, that God has ordained for you to have interaction with. It's the power of God to reach and restore and then call people into taking up the mission of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is at work. In other words, you're not on your own. You're not expected to do it alone. Some of Jesus' last words on earth, he, he, he tells us as, as much. In Acts chapter 1, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. As you go out to take up the mission of Jesus, to reach, restore, and reproduce, the Holy Spirit is at work in you and through you and preparing the way in the lives of the people that he wants you to reach and restore.
So we begin with prayer. Because that's where Jesus began. And because we can remember that Jesus is praying for us. And we can remember that we are to be persistent and confident in prayer because we have a Father who loves us and will answer our prayers. And because we have the confidence that the Holy Spirit is at work. So let's get practical and personal here. I want to issue a challenge. There's a couple things in your worship guide I want you to take a look at. There's the blessed card. We talked about this last week. Um, it be, has kind of the blessed acronyms. You can kind of guess what we're focusing on the next four weeks. Uh, but on the back side, it says, how did you bless somebody this week? This is just something that kind of to hold us accountable, to encourage us. So I encourage you to, to take this home and jot down towards the end of the week some way that you feel that God used you to bless somebody. And then maybe share it with somebody else or bring it back and share it with us. Drop it in the offering bags. You can sign if you want. You don't have to, but just let us know. That'd be great. The other thing is, is, is to be praying for people consistently. And there's a, there's a, prayer, a prayer guide here you can use to be praying for people. But I want to get really specific here. Make it very easy to remember. I challenge you to pray for the, for the same five people for five minutes every day for the next five weeks. Five people, the same five people, Five minutes a day for the next five weeks. I'm not asking you to pray for 30 people. I'm not asking you for, to pray for an hour. Five people for five minutes every day for the next five weeks. And the reason I'm asking you that is because I believe that Jesus is praying for you. I believe that Jesus, that, that the Holy Spirit is at work. And that if we're persistent and keep asking and keep seeking and keep knocking, Jesus will answer those prayers. The Father will answer those prayers. So five people, five minutes a day. For five weeks. As you do so, I am confident that God will give you opportunities to bless those people, to, to listen to them, to be there for them, to serve them, to share your story of how you came to faith in Christ, to bless them in some way. I'm confident that God will be at work in their lives as you pray for them. It might be something dramatic that you notice. It could be something very subtle. It could be something behind the scenes that you don't see. It could be down the road, months or years even. But God will answer those prayers. Five people, specific people, every day for five minutes, for five weeks. You can do that. And we can do that because Jesus and the Holy Spirit will be doing it with us. So I'm going to finish in prayer. And then I'm going to give you the chance to pray the Lord's Prayer with me before uh, I finish the service. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we're so grateful that you have done everything that's needed to initiate a relationship with us. You sent your son, Jesus. You provided your word. Lord, you have sent your Holy Spirit. And so we're just grateful that you, you um, in your great mercy and grace and love, chose to bless us. And Lord, we know that that blessing is not to be self-focused. We are blessed to be a blessing. So Lord, give us antenna that are tuned in to your Holy Spirit to, to sense the specific people that we are to be praying for, to sense the opportunities that you will provide, the doors that will be opened. And then, Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit, give us the courage and the faithfulness, the intentionality to, to, to walk through those doors, uh, to bless people as you lead us. Father, I pray for... Uh, the five specific people that each person will be praying for, I pray for them in advance, that your Holy Spirit would be at work in their lives, their circumstances, to soften their hearts, 
to open their minds to your truth, to, 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 to lower barriers, to dissolve barriers and misconceptions, and that they might sense the, your love, uh, your truth, your, your, your Holy Spirit at work in them. We thank you, Lord, that we do not have to do this alone. And we're grateful that Jesus is praying for us. We're grateful that the Holy Spirit is at work in us and through us. And so we offer ourselves to you now, Lord Jesus, as we pray the prayer that you taught your disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The, uh, before we conclude the service, just a couple of quick uh, announcements. Um, after this service, there will be a brief congregational meeting in the Fellowship Hall. We're going to uh, vote some, uh, some folks into membership. Um, also, um, next Sunday on the 25th, there'll be an opportunity for po- folks who are new to the church to meet some staff and have some refreshments. There's details about that in the worship guide. Um, we have a connecting point cl- class coming up on the 9th of October. That's where, if you're interested in membership or you just want to come and ask questions about the church, uh, I'll be leading the class. You can ask questions of me about the church, about the domination, so on and so forth. We'd love to have you there. Uh, and then finally, there's a great opportunity to serve our community. Fall fix up on October 8th details in the worship guide. Uh, I'm going to have you stand now for the benediction. As you do so, I invite our prayer team to take their place at the uh, end of the hallway under the exit sign in the glass hallway. If you're here today and you would like somebody to pray with you after the service, please, please join them there. Now may the love of God the Father, may the grace of Jesus Christ, his Son and our Savior, may the power and fellowship of the Holy Spirit Abide with you now and always. Amen.